You know, it's really interesting because a lot of times, at, you know, at least for me, and I know just from talking to a lot of you over the years, that a lot of us are drawn towards um, this pathway as we move and look at those things beyond traditional religion. Often we'll be drawn more towards a psychic or metaphysical, some type of new age or some type of really old age or whatever, something over all the years. And nowadays there's so much available out there just in the bookstores or, you know, it's just so readily available everywhere. It seems like a lot of these things have really gotten into the mainstream now, like even words karma, you know, are just thrown out there, you see and hear everywhere. And it's just on one level, it's really wonderful that it's just part of culture in a way now, at least over here in the West. I'm not sure over in the East, really, in other countries and, and all, but it's a wonderful journey in one level, and in another level, it's a big distraction. And I'm just going to kind of go on a little bit more with some of what Jim was sharing about and what I've seen and heard and learned over the years. One of the things that I've really discovered is that a lot of these psychic or metaphysical energies, as Jim described, that's often what we call just a manifestation out of the mind or the ego nature. And a lot of these energies can be very powerful, very persuasive, very filled with experience, and it's in that experience that does tend to pull us or persuade us or move us in a certain direction, sometimes seemingly beyond our control, not realizing that really we have a choice in the matter because some of these things we just give our power away to because of their profound effect on us because a part of us realizes, oh my God, this isn't a physical energy. This is something invisible to my eyes, but yet I can feel it. I'm experiencing it. Or in a meditation or a dream or an out-of-body experience, we have something where we do see it or hear it or feel it in a more direct way. And it has can even have physical types of manifestations. And we hear these things such as having visions or physical type of experiences of a lot of energy or the we often call the the psychic or the chi force or the kundalini energy is a lot of references to it in this world or the prana and that's why they talk about the power of the breath and all these things that have to do with all these other energies that are more physical in nature or astral in nature and it is because those things have such powerful effects we will tend to allow ourselves to be swayed into those energies because they are so dramatic often. And because it is not physical, we call it spiritual, not really fully understanding what it is that's really going on, not understanding that it's just simply another level of consciousness, although a lot of that is not very high consciousness, but we think it is because it is not a physical type of a thing. So there's this part of us not really knowing or understanding yet a greater movement of spirit, a greater truth beyond just this level of psychic or metaphysical manifestation that we will give our power over to it, we will go into it. And I did plenty of that over the years on my personal journey. And I had some wonderful experiences and other things that seemed kind of scary. I thought they were pretty cool myself, but I know a lot of people get freaked out by it because these things seem so real. And so it stirs a fear in us because we think we're losing control or it's going to carry us away. 
And these things can begin to carry us away, but only as we allow it. That's when we really believe that this power is greater than us. And it's easy to, why not? How many times in so many places do we talk or hear about surrendering to a higher power? Anybody hear that one before? Yeah, we hear it everywhere. Every religion, every this or that, every whatever, you surrender to the higher power. Well, not knowing what that higher power is, we think this is a higher power. So anything unseen to us physically, we think is a higher power. And that's where often the challenge is. Because some of these energies are quite powerful and can have, have very wonderful effects as well as very negative effects. And it's often those wonderful effects where we tend to get more caught up in because we're looking for a greater good, something beyond ourselves that can save us from our bad, right? We think this is bringing us into a greater good. And it can be, at least temporarily, a lot of times we hear about things such as psychic surgeries or metaphysical healings or spiritual healings or laying on of hands, all these things. And so we'll go searching out to have something inside of us healed or just some physical thing healed. Or we may ask for an emotional healing or mental healing of some sort so that we can get free of whatever this pain or whatever it is that's tormenting or disturbing us, no matter what level we experience it on. And so there are these powerful forces or energies that we can experience. And I've even experienced it just like a wind blowing through, but not necessarily that wind of spirit, but more of a, a psychic energy that does have an effect on the psyche and the physical consciousness. And that's wonderful. Enjoy those things because even on this pathway, you will have those experiences because it is through those things that the soul must travel in order to rise above them. So on this pathway, wherever teaching, keep moving forward, keep rising above it, never give up, never stop. Just keep going, no matter good, no matter bad, just keep on going because that's what it takes to overcome or rise above all of it. But some of these things are so amazing, we'll get swept away in that and we'll allow it to continue sweeping us away and now that'll become our main focus and we'll have lost sight of this greater journey of spirit. And some of those things we just call a distraction. Well, yeah, they're a distraction from this path of spirit of the soul of returning home. But also when we are swept away, you know, that's not making these things negative or bad either because it's often in those experiences that we will have the learning of what this is that's going on. So even if we get swept away for better or for worse, we're going to have experience that is going to teach us and sometimes immensely and intensely what is in all of that. And there'll be a point where we'll begin to wake up and realize and understand what has happened, what has taken place, what we've gotten caught up in, what we've allowed ourselves to be swept away with, and then we'll begin to once again make another choice, to choose back into that path of loving, that path to sun and light, that neutral way. It's so funny to hear myself even share about this now because we talk about neutrality and how subtle this is, but at the same time, the path to sun and light is more powerful than any force in any level of creation. 
that very essence of God's loving is more powerful than any of these other energies. But yet in this realm, it often appears so subtle. And it is, and it's not. It's all of that. But as we describe all that, each of us, as Jim was saying, we're talking to your soul. As we hear this, you will actually remember these conversations, even in your inner experiences, because it is a part of the soul awakening to really know the greater truth of itself as divine and as current of loving in which it is traveling back into that full awakening and oneness with God again. So as we're on that journey, as these different energies or currents of these more psychic or metaphysical realms begin to tug on us, to pull us, whether it's back down into the world or whether it's just off sideways into one of these other realms, we'll begin to, in our paying attention, become more aware of what's going on. Well, that's part of this journey is becoming aware. Wake up, wake up. Become aware, awake. Look around. Don't be afraid to look at yourself or your experience, what's going on in your life, what's going on in your inner life, what's going on in any moment you're having any kind of experience, whether it's in this level or this realm or in another realm. Often we call out a body or a journey of spirit of some kind. Be willing to look around. Because those choices we make, we're going to learn from, regardless, good or bad. The nice thing is when you really continue to choose into that greater movement of loving, that's a current that doesn't control you. That is a current that assists you as you invite it and participate with. Where these other currents will attempt to control you to hinder you, to entrap you. Because that's what the creator of this world, Caldnerengen, Lucifer, whatever you want to call it, is always trying to do is trying to control the soul because it is that energy or psychic material energy that does begin to control the soul so that we keep feeding life to his creation. Because it is only the light or the life of the soul that gives animation or gives the appearance of life to this creation of time and space. There's no life here. That's why we always refer to it as a reflection or an illusion. There's no life here. It is only the life of the spirit, the soul that we are, that gives life or expression or animation to this realm of time and space. And so Cal Narendra knows that as the soul begins to get free and lift out of this creation, there is going to be that less now life given to this illusion. And the more that begins to, in a sense, the light becomes dimmer here, the less appearance of life, the less there is going to be to attract the souls back down into this experience, and the soul will begin to just let go more and more and it'll be easier and easier to rise up. What is that? Well, sometimes it looks like a disintegration, a dissolving, a dispersing of creation in this world itself. We begin to see things leave. You know, just like here we talk about what? Extinction. Things go extinct. Well, yeah, because that life force that gave that body expression, whatever it is, whether it's animal or plant or mineral or whatever, 
that gave it movement once that life force is taken out, no more. No more expression, no more animation or movement here. It's as simple as this. It's so funny. It's almost funny to talk about it in such simplistic ways because when we don't really understand the truth of how it works, it seems so miraculous, so magical, so amazing. And it really is magical and amazing. But yet it really is also very simple. And that's why we always come back when we say this is a simple pathway, a simple journey. Well, it really is. It's just we get lost in all the details and all those undercurrents, so to speak, that begin to pull on us and pull us away from simply what? Focusing into that true movement, the spiritual current. That's why we have to call it the sound current, the path of light and sound, the sound current, the audible life stream. It's all currents, movements of different forces of energies, of consciousness, of life, different life streams, so many different things. And we can choose which current we want to move into to have experience with. And that's why at some point the soul will be drawn to the path of sound and light because that is the current by which the soul can begin to now move out of this creation of all the other currents. And so I'm even describing it today this way because if you hear the word I'm describing as currents and experiences, there's nothing negative. There's nothing bad. There's nothing there that even if we call it a distraction, that doesn't mean it's bad. That just means that current over there is another experience. This current over here is another one. This current of sound and light is a vertical current now that begins to now move the soul into another experience. But that experience is the one of true awakening, true knowing, the truth directly of the divine beingness that we are. Where all the other currents are but movements and reflections and other creations that have come out of that path of sound and light. The path of sound and light, that current, that sound current, is not separate from all things in creation that we can see and taste and smell and everything, came out of the sound current. That sound current is the word of God, the voice of God. God spoke, and out of that came light. And out of that is what? God created through that light and sound. So that sound current is not something separate from creation, it is the very current in which all of creation came out of. But it is that very current that also brings all of creation back into the source from which it's come. So, you know, you've heard maybe at some point in your journey that phrase, all paths lead to the same place, the same goal, the same whatever. Have you heard that phrase? So there's a truth in that. All paths do lead to the same place. Some of them are longer paths. Some of them look different than others. Some of them are this or that. But all paths do eventually lead to the same place. Because what? Because they came out of the same place. So eventually all paths do lead to the same place. And if you remember that, then you'll realize even as you hear here and think, oh, this is it. The path of sun and light that we're doing here in ILM, this is it. Everything else, call it whatever you want. You don't need to bother doing stuff like that. You don't need 
to compare or make something else wrong or bad just to make something else right or good. There's no need for any of that. Every current is there for the soul to have experience, and that's what this is about. And when the soul has fulfilled its experience on no matter what current that it is riding on, it will, in its awareness and awakening of that experience now, when it is fulfilled, choose to now move on to a different current. It is simple as that. That's what we call, oh my God, my karma's done. Getting complete. I learned the lesson. Oh my God, I'm free. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. And it's also the natural order of things. You can't complete the karma when you don't understand, when you haven't learned the lesson. You can't get your freedom until you really have allowed yourself to look and to learn. But to look with loving is the way we learn. We often will look because somebody told us to, we're supposed to. It's forced, it's manipulated, it's contrived. It doesn't work that way. Because when we do it, well, this is why we start to say, take a look back. Don't just look out here or externalize your learning. Where are we really learning? We're learning the truth of who we are. So we have to take a step back into ourselves. And one of those steps back that we take, we'll often call it, we'll begin to look at our attitudes. How are we looking at life? How are we perceiving things? What are our beliefs, our understandings? So begin to look at our attitude. That's a step back into ourselves. That's not the last step. That's just a step into the soul. But it is often those attitudes that will begin to hold the keys to the understanding of our karmas or unlearned lessons. So as you begin to look inside at yourself, called introspection, we call it in here what? Self-study. Meditation, self-study, and service, the threefold path. So that action self-study or introspection, you begin to look at even the attitudes that you carry or you hold. You want to you know an easy way to see how those attitudes, uh, begin to look at those attitudes? A lot of us will go, i got to go inside, shut my eyes, meditate, and look. Well, didn't we just say, don't go into meditation looking for the answers? Didn't Jim just share that? And we say meditation is about loving God. So now you go, oh, well, I hear Brian say, well, if I can figure out my karma, I can get it done and get out of here, right? It not work that way. That's why I'm saying this. If you want to look, all you got to do is look at your life around you physically because guess what? We project our attitudes and beliefs on everything and everybody around us. You don't have to close your eyes and go inside to learn what your karma is, your attitudes are. All you got to do is look on the life around you and listen to yourself and see, you'll see what you're, you'll hear what you're projecting. You'll see how you're believing things a certain way, how you're perceiving things. All the time I see people say, so-and-so, they're this, they're whatever. I just look and look. I'm going, wow, they're telling me all about themselves. They think they're talking about the other person. And I'm going, wow, they're telling me all about themselves. And then I go, and then they ask me a question. I go, well, would you say this, 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 and this is true about yourself? And they go, wow, you must be psychic. I'm just a damn good listener and understand how this works. That's how it works. So if you want to, Learn how to be your own psychic. Just take a look at your own projections on the world around. You don't need to be psychic for that. This makes it easy. Seriously. So look at what you're projecting, and you'll get an idea of what attitudes you're carrying. You'll hear it in your words. 
You'll see it in how you judge other people or yourself when you're looking in the mirror, events in the world, whatever it is, the thoughts you have. That's why you've heard over the years, too, when we've talked about journaling, writing down all those inner voices, the positive and the negative voices, because that's what? Well, writing, what is writing? It's a projection. Writing, talking, physically doing things, they're projections. We're moving energy out into the world, and that energy moving into the world is coming from ourselves. And what do we call this world? A world of reflection. So what does the world do but reflect back to us the very things we are carrying within ourselves? God, if I could only get my kids to do this. God, if I could only get so-and-so to do this. Oh, God, I'm a control freak, aren't I? Oh, yeah, that was simple enough. It's as simple as that. You go, oh, everybody can do whatever they want. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's all cool. Oh, my God, I'm so wishy-washy. I'm so this or that. I give my power away to everything. Oh, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. doesn't matter what I want because it's pointless anyway because it's all an illusion, right? <laughs> we'll play all those games. But that's great because then you see what comes with it when you do that because then what? Well, the very thing we project into life, guess what we're going to experience in life? The very things we have now projected. We will begin to have the experience of what we put out. Oh, what we put out comes back. What goes around comes around. Cause and effect. There we go. There it is. So as it comes back to us, well, some things that come back are really nice and sweet and kind, and other things aren't so nice or sweet or kind. And there we go. There we learn. Now here's another key in all this. So part of the key of understanding is to look and to learn, to listen. But then also, the next step, the awareness is often the first step. But what do you do with that awareness? That's important too. What action are you going to take now with that awareness? Are you going to now feed the old pattern, whether it's good or bad? Are you going to keep repeating those good patterns? Are you going to keep repeating those negative or bad patterns? Because what are we going to do with that awareness now? Now that we see what we're doing, that, that process of becoming aware also is the beginning step of having a level of freedom to begin to make different choices. If you don't have the awareness, believe me, you're not going to make a different choice. What if all you knew is one restaurant where you ever go eat and there's a hundred of them all around the place, but you only know that one because that's all you go to? You're not even aware of any of the others because you haven't even gone or driven around. But as soon as you drive around and you start seeing all these other things, what are you doing but expanding your awareness to see all the other things that are out there? Great, you've got the awareness. Doesn't mean you've got to go to any other restaurant. You don't have to go and partake in that experience. But at least you know it's there. Okay, great. Because you may not want to. Maybe you love where you're going, and that's fine. But at some point, you'll probably get bored with it. You get food poisoning or something. It was so great before, and then something happened. You got food poisoning. You go, that place sucks now. Let me try one of those other places. And such is life. We go to another one. We have another awareness. And then we take another action to go have another choice, have another experience. And that's all we're doing here. And if you realize it is in those choices, each step of our soul's journey, in each of those experiences we are learning, and in that learning it is actually fulfilling the soul, which is actually fulfilling God. 
The journey of the soul here is about God's fulfillment. You thought it was about you? You're so selfish, so self-centered. This is about God's fulfillment. For all you people pleasers, you should love hearing this. God's not a people, though. (laughs) This is about God's fulfillment. And if you realize that, then everything you're experiencing and all your journeys are absolutely wonderfully being done because it is the fulfillment of God in all of that. And there is a process by which God will be pulling us home. That's simply now us beginning to wake up and become aware that we have fulfilled a lot of those other experiences of currents through all this creation. And now in that experience and that freedom, the soul will be drawn back now to that main direct current in which all the other currents have come from. And that's this path to sound and light, the sound current. And in that, there's the action. You've heard us even describe about the journey of the soul, like a spiral down on the outside. And then it begins to spiral up. And in the middle of there is that current of loving, the sound current. And we come back into the center, that straight and narrow, that direct path now. We will just naturally gravitate towards that. We can't make this happen. We can't create it. It just unfolds, and we will follow that and respond to that inner calling, that inner pull, which is really wonderful because then there's not a struggle or a fight. This is the funny thing. We think we have to struggle or fight to stay on this pathway, and when we feel one of these other currents pull us away, or what you hear in here we often call a distraction, it's a distraction from that main current, But we think, oh my God, the world's going to get me. We think it's hell, it's evil, it's the devil calling at me, trying to pull me back down in the world, and then we go into fear. What good does that do? What bad does that do? No, it's just awareness. Oh, look at that. That's tugging on me. Just like your Jim say, the world's calling me. It's tugging on me to go this and that. And we go, well, it's been so peaceful and boring now. Maybe I could live a little. Go out, do whatever. You go out and do whatever and you get back and you go, why do I feel so bad? Why do I this or that? I had fun when I was doing it, but why why am I feeling the way I'm feeling now? Instead of go out and live a little, maybe we should go in and live a little. But it's those experiences that as we have them, we often call them what? The reminders? So that we'll have the reminders in the world of why we keep coming back inside. But guess what? If you're not really done with the world and those experiences and you get called outside and then you go with it and forget about the inner, you're not doing what Rumi said, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. You're going, yeah, I'm going to go back to sleep. So? So what? But what do most of us do? Don't many of us here that are doing this pathway and think we're committed and devoted and dedicated to it often think that's evil or bad and we go into fear about it. I hope I never get pulled back into the world. Do you realize that when we judge that and do that, we're actually beginning to once again get pulled back into the world of fear and judgment of the world? So here's another part here. So when that happens to you, and it happens to all of us, probably every day, many times a day, 
when it happens at any moment, just say, oh, there it is. There's the awareness. Now, the next thing, again, as I was saying, what are you going to do now? What action are you going to take? Are you going to go into fear and resistance, which gives us power? Or are you going to just acknowledge acceptance and just allow it to be? Do forgiveness if there's judgments there. You've judged the world. You've judged yourself for getting caught in it. You've judged God. You've judged whatever. And then come back to the loving. It's all, this is the simple part. It's all loving. This pathway is just loving. That's it. But sometimes we need to pay attention to acknowledge. To me, acknowledgement is another word for acceptance. Because it's often when we don't acknowledge something, we're often in a place of denial and avoidance. And that's usually a reaction out of fear. That's what it often is. But we won't even allow ourselves to look at it. So this unconscious reaction through the fear is what we're responding to, often not even realizing it. So at some point, we've got to realize what's going on. But how do you realize it? That's why we said no matter what, in all these details we're talking about here like I'm doing now, yeah, I just say, oh, screw it all. I'm just going to meditate and love God. That's it. That's the meditation. You can throw all this other stuff out and just go back to the meditation, loving God and allowing God to love you. Because in that process, this stuff gets handled. The awarenesses come all by themselves as a natural, ordinary, unspecial, unmagical, unmiraculous process when we just simply love God and allow God to love us. Oh, I'm sorry, I took all the specialness, all the whatever out of it. Well, it's only when we're not in that that it looks so magical and miraculous and so special. But when we're really living it and are in it, it really does become natural, ordinary, and just the practical way of living because that's the truth. Then everything else seems so unnatural, unordinary, and I wouldn't necessarily say we'd call it special anymore. But there is this natural flow. And any reaction or any state of resistance simply keeps us bound to the psychic metaphysical energies of the world. Simple as that. That's why even if you're not aware of it, say, okay, Lord, I give it all up to you. Oh, there it is. Giving it up to the higher power again. What higher power is that? You're not going to know until you know. So you just keep doing it. Ever keep doing, ever keep moving forward, ever keep moving upwards. Just keep doing, and in the doing, you will have the experiences, and that's how you come to know. So don't fear or try to avoid the experiences. Keep it simple, and just keep coming back to that action of loving God. That's it. Just keep coming back to that. You just do that, you're not going to have to worry about the other stuff. It won't matter if you get swayed for a little bit. If you keep coming back to loving God, you're going to sway right back into that sound current. I remember years ago, I think I've shared in here before, it was one of my experiences of when I was in the Spirit one time riding that river of loving, that sound current just flying in that river and observing the land below, the realm I was going through, and as soon as I glanced 
glance, literally just looked down, all of a sudden I started to move towards that, which I just glanced to. I wasn't even holding my focus. I just looked. And as soon as I looked, in just that split second, I started to drop now out of the river of loving into that experience. And oh, and then I've just focused right back up to that center point, the seat of the soul. And as soon as I did, it pulled me right back into the center of that sound current, and that current just kept carrying me. And I went, wow, that's interesting. Is it really that easy to fall, to get distracted, to move into a different experience? And then I actually played with it a little bit. I looked, I glanced down again, and sure enough, I started to drop. I went, whoa, and I focused back up here into the center, the seat of the soul. It came right back to center. And I did that a few times. I went, wow, it is so quick and so easy to get distracted and literally just allow ourselves to move now out of that current of loving and into whatever that experience is and the reflection. Another psychic, material, metaphysical manifestation in any realm, physically, astrally, causally, mentally, or etherically. That easy. That's why it is ever, ever keep coming back to the seat of the soul, just like I learned in that experience. Well, yeah, as soon as I looked away, I started to drop into it. But as soon as I looked back, I came right back, back and forth. Talking about emotions now, back and forth, up and, yeah, that's right. That's because every time we look out of the current of loving, we take a dive down. We look in the current of loving, and there we come, right back up, right? And then we're all happy and joyful. Then we look away again, and we go down, and we get all depressed and upset, and then we come back. Yeah, because what? Our experience is our own projections. When we're in that flow of loving, we're projecting loving. And so our experience is going to be happy and joyful. When we're focused into the world, well, that's not necessarily an experience of joy and happiness. And so we start to complain and bitch and moan and gripe because we're in pain of separation. And then all of a sudden we look back up and here we go right back up into it. So what are we doing? Every time we meditate, we're coming right back up into that current of loving. Every time. Even if the eyes are open, you can just bring your attention right to the seat of the soul, which is why every time we do a meditation in class, even when we ask you to open your eyes, what do we always say? Keep your attention focused up here at the seat of the soul. Because you can do that even while your eyes are open. That way you can really hold your focus in that current of loving all the time as much as possible and still walk through the world. Because guess what? In this experience I was talking about, even though it was on another realm, I was in the current of loving going through this realm, this experience. So in that movement, you're having your experience, but it is the loving now bringing you through the experience, and that's how the karma gets done. That's how the soul gets liberated, is by simply focusing and living in that current of loving. And that loving is what will free the soul from all those other currents. That's what brings the soul out of the realm of illusion, of reflection, and out of all those other currents that would entrap us. Pretty simple. That's how it works. It's pretty simple. And I'll tell you what, sometimes we will really believe we are trapped, we're, we're caught, we're doomed, and think there's no way out. 
oh, oh my God, I just projected that. Well, what attitude or state of awareness am I holding in myself? Doom and trapped. So that's our experience, and we'll believe it. You go, oh. But then if we believe we don't have the power to change that, well, then it's not going to change. So what's wrong with that? Nothing. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I'm just describing a freaking experience. But what do we usually do? We think that's bad, right? I was just talking with somebody the other day, and I was describing some of this and going back to old patterns and how those voices would come up to try to call us back. And then they go, you make it sound so negative. I said, did I ever say it was bad or negative? And they thought about it. I said, no, you never used those words. That's right. I never used the word it was bad or negative. Why did you think it was so bad or negative the way I was making it sound? Oh, that was me thinking that? That's right. As long as you judge it and make it bad or negative, your judgment is a state of, it's an attitude. It's a state of consciousness in which you are projecting upon your experience. And that is what is keeping your soul and trapped and caught up in the illusion. Stop that! <laughs> Quit projecting, right? I wish it were that easy, and it is that easy, but it usually takes a little bit of time. Get out the big old racer, start erasing it, and then we think we've got to do all this work. The work is what? Love God and allow God to love you. Love, accept, and forgive yourself, God, and everything else and everybody else. LAF is really just the expression of the action of loving God and allowing God to love you, by the way. It's not a different or separate action. It's just a way we talk about and share about it a lot here in ILM because it is a way that we ourselves can begin to take responsibility. Oh, there's that word. It's the way by doing LAF is the way we can begin to take responsibility for all those projections that we've done to create our life experience. And so as we work with it, we begin to take responsibility with that LAF and begin to bring those back. That bringing them back to ourselves is the erasing, is the completion and the fulfillment. It's what clears the karma. So... All those other things we think are negative or bad or whatever, they're not. They're just indicators letting us know, oh, let me get out the eraser. Let me get out the LAF acronym. Let me start to do that. And then you start to see these things just dissolve. And then what? Okay, my karma's done. I did it. I had these inner experiences. I've been doing the work. Oh, my God, I had this amazing dream or all-body experience. It got lifted from me. It poofed, dissolved before my eyes. It's gone. And there I am. Nothing, nothing. Now what? Now what? Oh, that's right. Go in and up. So what do we do? We bring our attention back in because all that dissolved outside of us because it was our projection because it's outside of us. Now that it's gone, no more projection, it's not outside of us, come back inside. As soon as we do that, well, the natural flow of spirit is in and up. But we've got to make the choice, and in that choice, take the action. We have to draw our attention now from projecting out to now withdrawing into, 
And as we do that, all of a sudden, we turn up, we look up, and right there we see there's God. There's God. And the way that that appearance of God often will look when we're still in these realms of illusion of time and space, it'll often look like that radiant form of the teacher, a purple or blue light, a gold or white light. And if we keep watching, it'll often just seem sometimes as a stream. You may actually see it as a current of a golden white light or a purple light. I've seen it all these, like this river. And we may even see it as that hand of God. So whatever way you experience it or see it, go with it. Take that hand. Get in the river. Just keep focusing. Start chanting that sacred name, which is simply now loving. You're now refocused on loving God once again. And as you do that is how you allow God to love you. Because when you're not doing that, you've closed the door to God because you're focused on other things. Not that you really close the door. You were just focused on other things. That's what we call them a distraction. So every time we say refocus on God, you open that door, and in that you give God the opportunity now to extend that helping hand, so to speak, and begin to know, carry you on that river of loving back into the truth of spirit and out of the illusion. That's how it works. It really is that easy. But it doesn't happen until we take responsibility for our projections or our attitudes or our whatevers, our creations, whatever you want to call them. It's when we take responsibility for them is when God can now bring us back into the truth. That's why we talk about LAF and taking responsibility for our thoughts and feelings, actions, and reactions. That's how it helps. Let go, let God. That's how it always works. That letting go, today I'm just trying to describe the process by which we can let go. Because a lot of letting go, we say, I am letting go, I am letting go, I am giving it to God. That's great. And are you taking responsibility? Are you learning? Are you taking loving action? Or are you just trying to get rid of it so you don't have to learn and you don't have to experience it? Well, most of us, at least I was, when I was in pain and disturbance and didn't like it, I was trying to get rid of it. So I was asking God to take it from me. Yeah, I was giving it up to God. I didn't want it. But then I wasn't also looking at how can I really now be in the loving with myself, with this, with God, acceptance. When I started doing that is when things started to change and shift because I began to take ownership which is another way to say responsibility, is taking ownership. No more blame. Even if somebody does something to you, don't blame them. Look at what your reaction is to what they did to you. Oh, take ownership of my own attitudes, my own reactions. That's right. Because as soon as you do that, that is how you're going to set yourself free, regardless of what anybody does to you. As Jim was sharing earlier, this is about your spiritual freedom that we're doing here in ILM. It is not about the things of the world. So put on your big girl panties or your big boy boxers. Suck it up. 
or another way of saying it is take ownership, take responsibility. And as you do that and stop blaming everybody and everything else is how you begin to set yourself free. You set yourself free. And then in that, you create the space to now for God to come in to now liberate the soul. Was it God doing it to me then? Yep, God's doing it to you. But look at what you had to do to yourself in order for God to do it to you. All that other hogwash about you're the victim and God's doing it to you is hogwash. Those are your own projections coming back and biting you in the ass. That's all it is. Don't be the victim. Take responsibility. Take ownership. Even if you say, but it's not mine. It's not mine. Great. Take responsibility for it anyway. Take care of it. Handle it. And in doing that, you get it done for you. Because guess what? If it's with you, well, you did something. You did something to have the experience. It's with you for a reason. So now do something with it. Other than play the victim. Just do something with it. Own it. Yep, it's with me. Yeah, they may have given it to me, but you know what? It's mine now. They gave it to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's mine now. They gave it to me. Did you hear in the voice that I used the attitude behind that? Oh, another step back. Instead of this thing that I was given, it's my attitude with that thing I was given. And as I take responsibility and ownership of that is when it starts to change. Look at this one old gift that I was given. Okay, God, would you like to participate with me? I'd love to share. But you just bring it back in. And guess what? If it's something that's not really yours, you cannot bring it in to yourself. You can try and try and try, and it won't go in. When it's really yours, it'll come into you and merge. Spiritually, obvious, I'm talking here. When it's not yours, because we hear about this, well, is this mine or somebody else's? Don't worry about it. You start to just love it and bring it into yourself, then that which is yours will come in and be fulfilled, and that which is not yours, it can't go in because it's not yours to fulfill. But it's because you're willing to love and accept it that it empowers it now so that it can go back to that source from which it was given or created. And now it's empowered with loving, and that's a blessing. So... As it goes back to that source, it gives greater opportunity for that creator of that thing that was given to you to now be received and fulfilled. It's that simple. No more victims, no more blame. Sorry. You won't have anything to gossip about, complain about, whatever. (laughs) Really, think about it. Isn't that what we do? All of our gossip is usually complaining, isn't it? And then once in a while, there's a little bit of good news in there. <laughs> I like it because nowadays, Jim and I are getting some people actually emailing us a call and say, you know, you've heard me complain so much over the years. I thought it'd be nice just to let you know something nice happened. <laughs> it's nice. We're getting more and more of that now. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope in that sharing that maybe it great, gave a little greater understanding or clarity and really this process of taking ownership and responsibility and really that greater action of freedom and liberation.